Oh, we weren't recording right there? Oh, that was pure gold. No, we weren't Did before. Did you hear the... I felt good. The notes, my God, the song. You just missed the greatest thing anyone has ever said, ever. <laughs> now we're ready to To dive. celebrate, dive deep into the bittersweet water that compromises You don't the need to read classic. directly from it. Mm. The Negroni. I am <laughs> sick of your attitude. Great attitude. I'm ready. <laughs> It's Negroni Week. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Always Parched. I am joined by two of my good buddies. You see, I included you both. <laughs> don't think I don't remember from last time. Uh, to my left, I've got the one and only Michael Almondinger, a.k.a. Dinger. Hey, buddy. How are you? Great. Oh. Couldn't shut up five minutes ago. Excited to be here. (laughs) I could tell. And to my right, my buddy Micah, who just returned from quite the trek. Yeah, Canada. Mm, Always parched field trip. That's right. You did do a little bit of a... Always parched field trip. Mm -hmm. Field trip of one. I don't remember being there. (laughs) You weren't there? I did the uh, legwork, the research. Oh, Now we can go. Now we can talk about it. And I feel like it can even say we visited our friends at Park Distillery because they were following the podcast before I even, like, put their their, uh, bottle picture in or any of that. They just happened to follow us. Did you mention that? Before you even got there? Like, we were making the Canada plans, me and my family, and I was like, oh, there's a distillery that looks cool. And so it was on the agenda. I didn't start following them or anything. And then in between the plans and going there, they followed Always Parched. So I was like, holy shit. Oh, meant to be. Yeah. And it was a great trip, a great uh, experience. Uh, I didn't get the distillery tour because it was booked up every time we tried to go. You didn't tell them, (laughs) do you know who I am? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You guys follow me on Instagram. You are one of... You're the one who started following me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You should it's have just exclusive. looked him right in the eye and then blocked him right on Instagram. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was Denied. super cool. It was, uh, I would like to talk to the folks over there at some point. I mean, you can just head back next weekend, right? Just yeah, bam. Yeah, what is that? Straight up there. Far. It's actually not that far. It's directly north from here. So it could have been worse, but it's still a bit of a trek. Yeah. Directly north from here, yet we're like two hours from Mexico. Well, <laughs> I'm saying if it were in Toronto, it's like going all the way across like oh, yeah, up yeah. and over calgary is like just so considering straight. it's not yeah. that far considering it's in canada it was not that far of a trip nice not sure how much of this is going to make it it was supposed to be a quick shout out oh it's totally fine i mean <laughs> park's clearly listening right now so yeah yeah thanks for denying the tour <laughs> for <laughs> we'll, being uh, so popular i'm different next time <laughs> well next time they'll have all three of us out a little and better treatment be, on the always parched yeah it'll be a real trip. always parched field trip next time and I would say the biggest um, compliment I can give them non-verbally is that my wife and I walked away with a bunch of bottles and T-shirts and even a pin that says, gin is in. Nice. Yeah. Did you give them an always parched shirt? <laughs> I should have. Did you, get, did you get your shirt, Dinger, or your pin? Yeah, okay. me neither. Mm-hmm. Oh, my park <laughs> pin? Yeah. Yeah, I got one. Oh. You gave it when you were... Mm, messed messed around that's a lie but <laughs> in your attempt to shame me it brings up the perfect segue because what i did bring my friends here woe and dinger is a bottle of their 
barrel-aged Negroni. So, perfect segue, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> you dig? Uh, well, what a coincidence, too. Perfect, because it's Negroni week. Yeah, it is. Where's our sound effects? Meh, 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 meh. I think we just got one now. So to celebrate, what should we do? I think we should dive deep into the bittersweet waters that comprise the timeless classic. See how I did that way better than you? Yeah. The Negroni. Right. Woe's VO work is way better. <laughs> I, was, I was just reading his words. <laughs> so was Your he. words, not mine. No, he added <laughs> shit in there. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So we're this episode is going to be all about the Negroni. Um, I think also before we really get into the drink itself, I figure we talk a little bit about Negroni week. Uh, I was actually talking to some people at work. Uh, this past weekend, they took a trip to Vegas and they shot me a message and were asking me, hey, we're at a cocktail bar, a nice cocktail bar. They were going to some concert, um, but we don't know, really know what to order. And they like sent me a picture of the menu and all this stuff. And I picked out one or two things. They liked them. They were a little easier, you know, gin, elderflower, stuff like that, because they're not really into cocktails. But then they said, well, if you were here, what would you order? And I said, well, if I were there. I would probably get a Negroni to start my night. And they proceeded to ask, what is that? And I kind of tried to give them a small synopsis, but um, I briefly said, yes, it's a great drink because they had not heard of it. Um, And I said, how have you not heard of it? There's a whole week dedicated to it. I said, (laughs) next week when you guys get back is going to be Negroni week in Phoenix. And so since they've been back, I've talked to them a little bit about it, but figure we start there because not everybody knows what Negroni week is. Maybe people who listen to us might know what Negroni Week is, yeah. but we can still give it a quick, quick shout out, quick overview. Um, so, isn't it not just Phoenix? Isn't it yeah. Negroni Week everywhere? It is, yeah, worldwide. I just wanted to correct that because you said it's going to be Negroni Week here in Phoenix. Well, okay, you are correct. We're both correct. It is going to be Negroni Week here in Phoenix, but also everywhere else. Uh, so, as a little bit of background. It started in 2013 as a collaboration between Imbibe Magazine and Campari to raise money for charities around the world. And in 2013, it was actually 120 uh, venues that were participating in the event. It has since expanded to more than 10,000 venues worldwide. As you indicated, Dinger, it is now worldwide, which is seems like quite the jump from 2013 in, what, five or six years? Yeah. Um, because I don't know if that number will be updated or something for this year. But 10,000 venues worldwide. And in 2016 alone, they raised $400,000 for charity. Yay. So, nice. It's pretty impressive. Well done. And to date, uh, I guess they've raised more than $2 million in total. And we've definitely traveled to different places specifically for Negroni Week to see what kind of variations. Specific venues? Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Specific well, you said variations. place. I th- not to be confused, like we've actually traveled to other cities or anything. We just oh yeah yeah have gone to specific bars that are promoting right. that they're participating doing in the yeah. valley. Dinger, when you were behind the stick, mm-hmm. did you did the parlor? Or we did, and that's actually I, I was just kind of thinking back as to your your stats there, and I was kind of in shock that it started in 2013, um, and especially with just 120 venues. I don't remember when we did it. I feel like it was 2013, but I don't think that we would have been one of 120 hmm. venues worldwide. So 
Friday 2014, but um, yeah, new. I didn't I didn't realize it was that young of a a charitable event. Well, and this could be like formally participated because I think in order for you to be listed on their site as a participating venue, you need to front some money to the charity and then also maybe once you recoup that uh, amount yeah. you also start donating well i recall that. it being a very small amount but yes there's a fee to and that's just for the marketing just to have them um put your name on and then you get to be a part of all of their their marketing emails or, yeah, or the, whatever they, their blasts they are do they do like a pot uh uh what is it, a passport where you kind of like get the stamp right. like oh i visited this place because that reminds me we went to a couple different places they're like oh we're not on the list but we're, we've got some variations we're gonna do right. yeah. which is kind of dick <laughs> you know because it's a charity charity yeah. event and so being a, a a part of it as i recall is that you know every negroni you sold a percentage of those right. proceeds were to go to this charity yeah. so signing up then they can come back and um you know collect the money to, to give to charity but so many people because they know it's negroni week they're mm-hmm. you know just featuring negronis and kind of using mm-hmm. yeah that marketing you hopefully did. they're they're still giving to yeah charity I was say, to be way, fair to them i don't know for sure they weren't <laughs> we donating to their own you know specified mm-hmm. charity that maybe just not through that but yes if they were just cashing in on the marketing aspect without actually doing the charitable contributions right that is uh that might be that might be described as being dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I was at an uh, was out last week with an account and was talking about ah, what are you are you doing anything for Negroni Week? And you know, I don't know. No, we didn't sign up. We didn't do anything. We might put something together. I was like, well, if you do, I've got you know a really awesome aperitivo, naturally colored, blah blah. blah. He's like, yeah. Well, you know, I kind of feel dick if like you know it's sponsored by Campari if I don't use Campari and. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got it, but is it more or less dick that you're not paying or giving to charity? Right. Yeah. And using so like if yeah. you're already making one dick move, then why not get this other aperitivo? Dick. So in Phoenix, they're on the site. 24 listed participating venues, which I feel like is a lot. I remember when we've done our kind of um uh rounds during Negroni week, checking out some bars that have variations. It's never been that many bars listed. Uh, So that's impressive. Now it's 24 different venues, including some of our favorites that we probably have mentioned on here once or twice, like Undertow and the Gladly and Little Rituals. We got one week. 24. 24. 24. (laughs) (laughs) One week. It's kind of 24 venues. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that's a pretty big number. I don't. 24? 24 bars in oh. the Phoenix metropolitan area. I thought you meant it didn't seem very big to hit up the 24 spots and try them. No. I'm saying for Negroni Week for a charitable event to only have 24, you know that so many other places are purchasing Campari and featuring Negronis during yeah. Negroni Week. Ooh, that could be our, our twist on it. Let's do an expose. Hey, dicks, <laughs> yeah. where's the charity going? Exactly. Uh, I'm in a good mood. My, what? I'm in a good mood. My mood is fading. We're not drinking Negronis right now. I was just going to say, after all this talk, we are not currently imbibing a delicious Negroni. So You Micah. guys talked about doing a variation, right? 
I did bring some ingredients for variation. It's going to take some effort. Uh, a slight amount of effort. Okay. Well, then I'm going to pour our pre-made, pre-bottled one so we can have something to sip on. We'll move on to the next segment. Yeah, plug it. Park, distillery, pre-batched classic Negroni. Yep, barrel-aged Negroni. Mm-hmm. I brought back their barrel-aged Martinez. It was delicious. Mm, I'm, I haven't... Martinez. It's not like a drink I often order, but it was one of the options, and uh, Beejol really liked it, so... I got the green light to uh, get another bottle. Did you say barrel aged? <laughs> yep. Yeah, barrel aged. Sure. Nice. All Let's right. Drink it. Pour it. Oh, that's good. That's really good. You like it? Way to go, Park. Yeah. I want to go visit, especially the seeing all those pictures, man. Jesus. Dude, it's Where insane out there. That was like. Yeah. It looks like, like a green screen. It looked like you were in yeah. a different yeah. country. Moraine Lake oh, was right. just like the most ridiculous scene I've ever, like the mountains and the water was just like this in crazy blue green. It just, all of it looked fake. I'm standing yeah. right on the shore there and it just doesn't look real. Cheers, by the way. Clink, clink. Ooh, Ooh that was a good me. one. Oh. oh. So we were looking at this earlier and just right off the bat, when I look at a bottle of booze and I see 28 percent or 56 proof get excited i'm thinking it's a liqueur right but then i'm like we have to realize okay this is a full cocktail this is has vermouth in it this has campari or an aperitivo whatever they use it's campari. dilution they use campari yep so it's got these things in it which are lower than 80 proof or 40 percent. so of course it's going to but then i also mentioned the dilution do you know if they have dilution in here or is it it's not on the ingredients list on the website or on the bottle hmm. so my guess is no because no. it yeah. in the instructions it tells you to yeah. stir so and you pour would, exactly yeah which we didn't do here i i jostled the ice a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> ice is in limited just quantity here so we just yep. yeah mixed <laughs> well, don't worry We're, this isn't a technical episode right true <laughs> exactly we can i got a corners. super cool uh post to do for it too it's awesome nice because they give you a sampler of their barrel age stuff we'll be waiting oh really yeah. uh so our listeners probably already know this but i'll do a quick breakdown of the negroni for anybody who doesn't classic italian cocktail it's traditionally made with equal parts gin sweet vermouth and campari um campari being kind of the standout component i think that makes this drink uh, either lovable or maybe kind of off-putting to some people. Uh, Campari, a bitter aperitivo. I'm sure Dinger could talk for days about this. And the co- co- cochineal. Am I saying that right? Co- cochineal? Cochineal? Beetle. Yeah, but I don't... In a, in a previous podcast, I believe it's cochineal. Oh, well, maybe it just changes it up all the time. Right. Keep us on our toes. Maybe oh it's God, just whatever accent you have. But... In any event, aperitivo. It's meant to stimulate your appetite before a meal which is kind of funny because I think I drink Negronis after a meal a lot, but I feel like there's no real wrong way to drink a Negroni. Yeah. I think a aperitivo just like what makes it stimulate your palate, just low ABV, just the fact that it's alcohol. Just kind yeah, of wakes think, it up. I think everything, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of things could be considered, you know, wake up your palate, considered to wake up your palate, but um, 
I will correct that. You said me mentioned cochineal and Campari, and that is incorrect. They do not use cochineal. Uh, well, I just figured you were going originally. to mention that they didn't. <laughs> oh, no. It's called a setup. Yeah. Oh. Fail. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> lobbing them up there for you, bud. Well, I'm not, I mean, I've, I love Campari. Love it. I've put it in my cereal before. <laughs> that is, not with milk. That is, I not was, Campari milk, which would probably be Campari. really good. Do you always do equal parts? I do not always do equal parts. Uh, do you do equal parts all the time? Why is that, Mike? Well, Dinger, let me tell you. Uh, I think at times, depending on the gin you use, it can really, the bitterness from the Campari and the sweetness from the vermouth can really overshadow the gin, depending on the gin. Uh, so sometimes I will play up the gin and play down the other ingredients a little bit, or maybe just keep them the same, depending on, I don't know, depends on a lot of things, yeah, how I'm feeling yeah. that day, you know? Agreed. So that's, so I don't, uh, the one-to-one-to-one, -to -one -to -one, I think is the one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one ratio is an easy rule of thumb, uh, but it just, there's a, there's room for variation to kind of make it your own. Yeah. To your you know, own I start one-to-one-to-one, because -one -to -one, whoever yeah. wants to just have one Negroni in a night. Right. You know, you're going to have more. <laughs> And then tweak it. I like that. Sometimes I'll take a pint glass and I just eyeball a third of the pint with gin, a third of it filled with Campari, <laughs> top her off with vermouth. You know that what? That is a gigantic little finger stir. Pint. I don't see that in a restaurant very often. <laughs> the old dive bar pint. You want to hear something funny? You want to hear a story that might hit the uh, editing room floor? Is it uh, about cheese? No. Is it do with no, no cheese. I actually think I was eating cheese at the time, but oh, it, now it's on the floor for sure. <laughs> it's not about cheese. Um, when I was in Croatia, we were at a hotel waiting for transportation to <laughs> give me that face, asshole. <laughs> uh, sorry, am I name dropping places? I've only been to overseas once. I'm just fucking around. Tell your cheese story. <laughs> And I had the most delicious cheese. <laughs> no, I was, we were in a hotel waiting for transportation to go to, I was part of a tour group to the next city and a couple of people grabbed some drinks. So I went up to the bar. They didn't really have a menu. It was a hotel bar. Um, they didn't, it was pretty early. So I don't even think they were really set up to start serving or anything like that. But because they saw our group of, I don't know, 10 or 12 wanting some drinks, I think a couple of people got beers. And right in front, they had gin and Negroni or gin and Campari sitting next to each other. So I said, oh, can you do a Negroni? And the lady was like, I've heard of that, but I don't, you're going to, if you can tell me what it is, I can make it for you. I was like, oh, well, it's pretty easy. Just it's one to one to one. You don't, I'm telling her you don't have to do it, whatever. She's like, no, no, I'll do it. That's fine. And she got out. She did not get out a jigger. I don't know what it was. It was just some small, probably Dixie cup. Shout out to Libby. <laughs> it was just a small cup, but much bigger than it was an ounce. It was probably like three or four ounces. And when I just told her the ratio, she just filled that little cup up all the way. <laughs> and as soon as she did that with Campari, I was like, whoa, just just even even ratio. She, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And she poured the one, and then she poured a thing of gin, and then she poured a thing of sweet vermouth in a pint glass. Yeah. And, and like four cubes on top or something like that. And she just... Stirred it up real quick, barely, and gave it to me. And I was like, uh, how much is this? How much do I owe you? And it was like 
five dollars. It was some. It was something disproportionately cheap for that. <laughs> Can you write down the name of that place <laughs> for the next trip we book? It was insane. Mm, best gin ever had. Sounds awesome. Yeah. What kind of gin they use? I don't know. I was trying to think of a funny gin, but a funny gin? Yeah, some something that would be funny, <laughs> but I can't couldn't think of a good funny, gin for it. I like it. I have no idea. I couldn't can't recall. So, anyways, yes, no, no right or wrong way to make a Negroni. To your point, Dinger. Uh, my question to you is: Do you know where the term Negroni came from? I feel like you probably do. Well, of course I do. No. Without um, cheating. Stage note, he picked up the notes page. <laughs> um, you know, I do not, I don't believe. Hmm. For once in my life, I know a little bit more than Dinger when That's it comes to booze. True. Yeah. Many times. Uh, what about you, Micah? Or do you just know it from reading it? Um, I did know, and I know a lot about Negronis. Because I have the Negroni book, mm. which would have been a real good thing to bring today. <laughs> I did not. It's an excellent book. There's tons of variations in there from some of the world's best bartenders. So I recommend it. I don't have it on me. I read somewhere that that was the second best-selling cocktail book. I believe it was last year, if not 2018, 2017. I bought it last year, so I contributed yeah, I mean... Second best last year. Second highest selling. So just a, an indicator of where, I don't know, the state of cocktails are. Yeah. So... There's been a lot of really good books that have come out over the past years. So, and like from, you know, big bars that I would assume would be really top sellers. So to, to hear of just like kind of a, a one cocktail themed book, that's awesome. Yeah. I love Negroni's. It's my favorite cocktail. Kind of ashamed I don't know where the, the name came from, but I have a feeling that when you say it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember? We got right. it. Well, let me go ahead and give you a little background, buddy. So the name is technically unknown. This is not, basically, this is not verified. However, legend has it that Count Camillo Negroni, by the way, pretty sweet name, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I like Camillo, but Count Negroni just sounds really cool. Anyways, Camillo Negroni. First to order it in the early 20th century. I think it was like 1919, 1920. So after a hard day of counting it up, Count Negroni rolls into Cafe Cassoni, probably butchering that name too, mm -hmm. uh, and tells his local mixologist that his usual won't cut it. He's had a really rough day. So he tells the Foz, shortened for Fosco Scorselli, obviously. Uh, he says... He says, I got you, and he hits him with an Americano on steroids a little bit. Americano is typically Campari, sweet vermouth with some soda water. So instead of soda water, he adds a little bit of gin to the vermouth and Campari, and boom, Negroni's born. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound familiar? No, actually, I don't. I don't recall that. Yeah. So thank you. Well, that's pretty much right in line with every single cocktail that has any s historical significance. There's a lot of history and lore and, and discrepancies, people arguing who actually came up with it. I'm sure there's some other Negroni truther out there that has a totally different story. Mm -hmm. But we're yeah. sticking with this one. I like this one. Because this one was also in the Negroni book, and I'm going to go ahead and count that as the Negroni Bible. All I know is the count these days from... Uh, Sesame Street. 
Yeah, that's that, yeah. yeah. That's my that's the most familiar I am with any count. And that's what I would have put down for my answer. <laughs> oh, you mean the count? Three Negronis. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> I brought it around. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Back to this one, though. I do like because, you know, they say you barrel age or barrel rest something. It kind of mellows it and softens it. And it's always kind of the tough sell of a Negroni is the Campari because it's not for everyone. It's a bit of an acquired taste. And I think this is kind of a decent intro to it where it definitely seems more of a mellow Campari taste. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It tastes meshed. Meshed. So you're now. What do you got for us, Mike? You're making a Negroni. Yeah. Um, you got a variation. Yes, I can do that. I did bring some ingredients for a variation. Uh, I feel like the Negroni, being such a simple of such a simple composure, just the three different ingredients. A lot of people will uh, kind of substitute one for another. The whole Mr. Potato Head theory that you've talked about before, Micah. Um, just swapping out parts here and there. And I feel like it can quickly become something else entirely. Yeah. Um, but this one, I, well, you can try and you can tell me if you, if you would taste it and see the variation or if you would just think it's another drink. But I did see it as a variation somewhere once and I tried it and I thought it was really tasty. So I <laughs> figured I'd throw it down. Can't wait to try it. Uh, so you have a variation in front of you. Gordon, yeah, let's right? drink it. I already it. drank it. What do we got? Yeah, Michael yep. loves it. I know it. it smells mm-hmm. like lemon. Mm. It's funny how much a garnish makes because oh. like you put down this lemon peel and from here, it's yeah. like, oh, this is going to be pleasant for sure. Mm-hmm. And was it pleasant? Micah? It was pleasant-ish. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that actually, bef- well, I'll tell you the variation first. The variation I I used was... It's. I thought we were supposed to guess it. Oh, go ahead. Guess away. Take out all the fun. Um, first Laughing of all, time is you can over. tell it's a variation right off the bat by looking at it because we got a lemon peel. I know I just mentioned it smells like lemon. Typically we didn't garnished get any, with an orange. We didn't get any garnish last, right? last Negroni. We didn't. No, I almost never <laughs> Really? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I, I, would, I would argue that that is a... It's a four-ingredient drink. No, to I me. I totally agree. I'm saying like I don't put in the effort when I'm making my own. But if mm. and like for schmucks like you guys, <laughs> <laughs> I just get but pre-made bottle would How much I love you because you're gonna just have to accept me and my drink without <laughs> the extra effort. But if he was behind the bar, there would be a full. Orange peel sailboat. True. <laughs> also, that time I tried to get a, a peel from a lime when I was oh. trying to like show off and I cut off like a quarter of my finger. Oof. I haven't been, I haven't picked up the been peeler scared. much really? <laughs> since. Limes are tough. They don't have much to no, work with. No, it's really dumb and yeah. I shouldn't have been doing it. Dingers looking. Have you tasted it or you just smelled it so far? It's got a deep, r- dark red. Yeah. It's yeah. like a cola colored True. almost. I'd say that's very cola colored. Would this be like closer to a black Negroni? 
Uh, I did not use an Amaro. Did you use St. George Bruto? No, but that's a good guess. Mm -hmm. What is St. George Bruto for those who are unaware? It's uh, more of like an Americano liqueur, like a... in the category of bitter aperitif, right? Bitter no. aperitivo, it, and but it's different. There's no; it's much darker. They naturally color, so they're using the cochineal. I get really heavy rosemary on the palate on that one as well, hmm. um, which is no. what I was going for here. I get uh, definitely a little more uh, herbaceous side. Could you to be this getting cocktail. a little bit of coffee as well? Um. Maybe, maybe unintentionally. Yeah. Don't leave me hanging. I think the. Do you want me to why, why would I, I be eating of, coffee? Okay. In I want to say. Let me. I want to say mezcal. Is it mezcal? Yes, there's mezcal in it. Um, Shocker. <laughs> any 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 way to get Mike right off of that? But I'm looking at the color now, mezcal. trying to figure out the other ones. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry too. Why why would there be coffee? So. We just on the tail of our of my sweet sweet story of uh, just using random things to measure out cocktails. We I or I I will take the hit for this. I yeah. forgot we had nothing to do with yeah. you. Well, you guys should have jiggers in your briefcase or pockets or whatever as well. Your brief, <laughs> your briefcase. You don't got one in your pocket right yeah. now. <laughs> you guys have briefcases. You don't give a shit about cocktails. Um, yeah. So I forgot a measuring utensil. So. I we are recording in our very good buddy uh, Adam's business or studio or whatever you want to call us, but we use his conference. Pretty room. sure it's an office. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, it's an office, but it's cozy. I don't know. Whatever. So it's a nice office. It's very nice. It's it's got couches. It's got cold brew on tap. It's got speakers throughout the office that you can bump to. Club Paracore. Shout out. So, anyways, they also have a Keurig machine. And guess what looks a lot like a jigger? A Keurig <laughs> cup. So I just kind coffee of pad. yeah took out the coffee. and But to be fair, I did take out the coffee and the filter and everything. So I felt like it removed quite a bit of the coffee. Did you um, rinse it? I did rinse it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have but you still might be getting a palate, palate as Micah. Yeah. Micah is all about tasting notes. And, hmm. you know, you still might be getting some coffee in there. I mean, I'm in the parts per million accuracy <laughs> here, so there's coffee. All right, so we this. got mezcal. I don't think it's an aged mezcal. So the color, the, mm. the dark red's not coming from that. But it is uh, so it's a shocked. very ruby color to this. That's not too far off because yours looks way lighter. More ice. Yeah, I might have just... I mean, they're very small glasses, so if I got an extra cube in there, it's a lot less volume. I think you're going to be kicking yourself once you hear what the last ingredient is. Well, there's, we're still missing two. No, I it's said it's mezcal. got Campari and Sweet Vermouth. Oh, so oh, so you just, you, you're adding something to this. You still, yeah. have Campari, you still have Campari and Sweet Vermouth. Yes. What, uh, what Sweet Vermouth? You know, I'd have you don't to want look. to say. No, I honestly don't remember. No, I never had it. And I would say my wife got it for me as a part of her anniversary gift. And it was very good sweet vermouth. She went 
somewhere and found and got a recommendation for a sweet vermouth. It is very good, and I don't What's recall the bottle what look it like? is. It looks like a kind of like a wine bottle, <laughs> like all black, yeah. white lettering. It's got white and red label. It's out there. You can go look. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I've been I've sipped on it just over ice a couple times. Also because it's a big bottle. I'm going to reiterate my editing notes from like last year. The least entertaining stuff we do is trying to guess stuff and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should I? Can I just tell you then? Please. Okay. Why don't you just tell me what movie you want to see? <laughs> Push one. Um, it is a split base with mezcal, half ounce mezcal, or half cured cup of mezcal, <laughs> half cured cup of coffee liqueur. So that might be where you're getting some coffee as well. And when I, when you, <laughs> su- <laughs> where you, su- oh, when you suggested using the cured coffee cup thing, I was like, that's perfect because any coffee you're still, if it imparts any little bit of coffee flavoring, you're just going to get a little bit more coffee and you're already going to get that from the coffee liqueur. No, I was distinctly getting the Keurig coffee, not the liqueur. <laughs> oh, I got the coffee liqueur, but I was also getting a little bit of Keurig coffee. <laughs> so then it's got to be New Deal coffee liqueur, which is the, the best damn coffee liqueur out there. Yep. I don't want to disparage our friends at St. George, though. That's true. They make an excellent one. Uh, you know who else makes an excellent they didn't one? They make a good one. Uh, Leopold. I just said they don't make the best one. Leopold Espresso well, that's your words... I'm sticking with St. George, the best Leopold one. Leopold is not an espresso liqueur. That is a French press coffee. Oh, you're right. Pardon me. You are correct on that. New Deal does a cold brew coffee liqueur. St. George is uh, espresso? No. No. I'm the expert. No, yeah, coffee. No, coffee. Yeah. Um, thank you for bringing up both those brands. I think they're all great. I mean, yeah. I think the thing is that they have such a different flavor. Um, than the others that they all have their their place in the category. So this kind of brings me to the question I maybe left us off with before I before I made it, which is you know how far do you think you can stretch the ingredients and and substitute things out before you really are just not really a Negroni? We really dove Welcome deep into that. that while you were gone. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, good. I'm glad we covered it. And I agree yeah. with everything you said, except for Dinger, whatever he said. Yeah, he brought wrong. up some really bad points. Yeah. So I did not like it one bit. Typical. All right. That's fine. Uh, you don't, yeah. have to, you yeah. don't have to rehash for me. I think we came down to it really depends on the drink. Uh, Dinger brought up like the bee's knees, and we did agree that in that you can't call it a riff or variation of a bee's knees if it doesn't have honey in it Mm. well you don't have to rehash for me but would you say this qualifies as a variation so if you have mezcal coffee liqueur campari sweet vermouth i'm kind of going to go back on what i said earlier because what i said earlier was if you're adding ingredients then it was not right but the scenario we gave earlier was adding citrus as well which changes the way to make it, it becomes a shaken cocktail instead of a stirred. So now you're, you're not just adding ingredients, you're also changing the technique. Because you said split base, so it's still like one-to-one one one ratio. One. So I think that falls into kind of what we're getting at. Mm-hmm. And that we also what? said cocktail that... Specific? Uh, specific, but also you adhered to a kind of 
one-to-one one ratio and you weren't just taking the drink and then adding a couple things. And right. So you were really making an effort to keep it in the same kind of spirit of the drink. And disclaimer, I didn't, this, uh, I'm, didn't originate this cop this cocktail oh I, I, well then take it back <laughs> <laughs> but i do like it quite a bit um and i it, i haven't really thought about it that much but i will say for this particular cocktail for negronis i would say this is a variation because the campari is so present and i still feel like the flavor profile of a campari is there between the campari and sweet vermouth and then you just but it just the little bit of herbaceousness uh, along with the coffee, changes it up a little bit. I would say it's a valid variation. Yeah, in my agreed. Book. We agreed that uh, for for the Negroni factor, what makes it a Negroni, we kind of both mentioned uh, simultaneously because we finished each other's sentences. Mm. Uh, and sandwiches. And sandwiches. <laughs> the bitter component is, you know, you, you can't take out that bitter ingredient. If you're changing any of the ingredients, you still have to have a bitter yeah. for it to be a Negroni. You can change the base spirit. You can do a mezcal instead of a gin. You can do a bourbon instead of a gin. Um, but that is it. And that's there. So, And then it was about like a inspired drink versus a riff drink. And, yeah. You know, it's Variation all Variation of or inspi- inspired by. Yeah. Which was just said. It's exactly what Micah just said. And I felt like repeating it in different words. <laughs> uh, do you think that the Negroni is overrated in any way. No, absolutely not. I liked the quickness of that response. <laughs> Next. Decisive. <laughs> and I only asked because uh, in doing a little bit of research on Negroni leading up to this podcast, I, I did come across an article about uh, a certain bartender's opinion on the top five uh, most overrated cocktails. And sure enough, Negroni was number one. Mm. And I, well, it's fine. well I you gotta. Have to I don't right think it is fine. I think that's bullshit. Well, I, I <laughs> was going to be say, right all the time. You gotta. No, it's it's the internet. You gotta get those clicks. You gotta get, have your hot take. Fair. Some of the other criticisms were all right, and I don't recall some all of them, but I just remember reading some of them and thinking, yeah, I get it. Um, but the Negroni, I, I think, actually, his biggest critique of it was that he didn't like the one to one to one ratio. He thought it needed to be tweaked to have a stronger gin component which we kind of talked about already but in my mind i didn't understand how that warranted it being an overrated drink right and i think you know how many different gins are out there it's it's insane that and so many different styles so i can agree that not every single one tastes the best as a one-to-one-to-one um that's just kind of how you base it and start but there's a ton of different gins out there. There's many different aperitivos or bitters, and there's a lot of ranges in the style, or not style, but not style necessarily, but the quality of vermouth. So so if it's not overrated, which we all agree on, it sounds like, why do you think, why do you guys think people and the cocktail culture in general is so obsessed with the Negroni? I've actually gotten this question from a couple people. Like, they want to know, what's the big deal with Negronis? I, well, I, I think we can, that's a, a decent segue to my first experience mm-hmm. with the Negroni. It was 
when I'm starting to read up on the classic cocktails and the kind of stuff that you should know if you're going to try and count yourself as someone who knows anything about drinks, I hadn't had one before. I was like, oh, I'm going to try a Negroni. I'm sure this is a drink for me. It's a classic. I've got a bit of old soul to me. I'm going to love this. I'm going to go for it. I had one. I was not a fan the first time. It, uh, Campari, as we've said, is a tough sell for a new drink. Mm-hmm. It is because there's, and I really want to dive into like the levels of drinking. I haven't formulated the whole thing, but we're going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to run it by you and then you can tell me it's crap. <laughs> but it's a drink that I really wanted to like. I wanted to love it. And it's like a lot of things. The first time you try beer, the first time you have coffee. Right. These are acquired tastes, quote unquote. And I think it falls into that. But you get there, probably, usually. Mm-hmm. And I got there. It took a couple times. I went to the Gladly. I thought, these guys know how to make a drink. They've got it on tap. If they've got a drink on tap, and if I can't get on board, then it's probably not for me. And I got there, damn it. <laughs> you fought through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're, it, they're big flavors. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. There's some big flavors. It's not going to be for everyone, and at minimum, it can be an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. I would agree uh, with pretty much everything you said. And I feel like part of it is definitely this kind of not inclusive. It's a more exclusive club. Like it's you feel like you're part of the cocktail crowd a little bit if you can handle a Negroni. Like you said, it's on when it was on tap at the Gladly because we went together. And I think I I don't know if I don't believe that was I don't know if that was no that was not the first time you had it because you didn't tell me about it. Yeah, but. That might have been the first time I had it, and the uh, same same reaction as you did, which is like, whoa, that's uh, kind of kicking the face a little bit. I wasn't expecting it, but it seemed like, well, if it's so good that these bartenders love it, that these guys that I kind of respect their opinion on a lot of these drinks, and they have it on tap, like something's wrong with me a little bit. You know, <laughs> I gotta kind of figure out what it is that's so great about this. I don't know if that you know, for better or for worse, it's it's kind of representative it's become kind of synonymous with cocktail culture a little bit like some things are just kind of synonymous with the greater whole (laughs) and you said something might be wrong with you (laughs) i can see i picture you at the bar like just staring at the negroni doing the like it's not you it's me (laughs) i don't i don't deserve you I think that's a good way to to do the the Negroni too, because that flavor, that bitter burnt orange, is so strong. You know, back to when, like you said, you're bottle resting or bottle aging your your cocktail for so long, and and when those flavors mesh together, mesh together, together, mesh, mesh, when mesh. those flavors mesh together, then you know they kind of tame out a little bit, not yeah. not enough to to not you know, pull them out, but to, to just blend, blend nicely together. Yeah. Well, like Micah said, tame them out a little bit. Similar to beer. I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of anybody telling me the first time they had a beer, they were on board. Like, oh yeah, that's great. I definitely want that again, you know, cold one after work. No, it was more like, whoa, 
why is what's the hype with beer like kept hearing about my parents or friends drinking beer all my life and now all of a sudden i tasted it and it's super bitter and doesn't it's not sweet at all but you kind of just keep drinking it because it's fairly easy to drink and then all of a sudden you really want one i think it's kind of similar with ipas right now like ipas are really popular and i'm I like them fine, but they're not really my thing. But I know lots of people who love that hoppiness and that hoppy flavor. And I don't think, I don't know if people, again, nobody has told me that, oh, love hops right off the bat. It's always been, they kind of worked up to it. And now, now it's just, they've, it's become an acquired taste. I think it's the same thing with Negroni. In addition to the fact that it's got some things going for it, like the simplicity, the one-to-one-to-one ratio. It's not very, you don't have to have a lot of ingredients to make it. You don't have to be a super uh, mixologist bartender with a lot of skill. You can throw those three ingredients in a glass. It looks really good. It's IG friendly. Like it just, <laughs> you can take a good shot of it. It's just, there's a lot of things that I think a lot of uh, components of it that all come together to make it very appealing to where if you just see a silhouette of a rocks glass with a citrus, peel or wedge or something like that you might just think that's an agroni off the bat and that would be part of my rebuttal to the overrated because i think if you're just in any sort of group if they're going around the horn and and doing their drinks and you order a negroni you're not going to get an eye roll yeah who's going to eye roll at a negroni <laughs> whoever wrote that article yeah but he's on, he's on his own. He's sitting in the corner by himself. <laughs> right. Again, it's another one of those things. You you order a Negroni in any bar, uh, I, the bartender's going to, you know, you're going to get a little bit of a wink and nod, and they're going to look at this guy or girl and think, oh, they appreciate cocktails. Boom. Uh, so my, only, my final question to you guys is do you think, what do you think should, People just dive in off the deep end, just hit the hit the Campari and the Negroni hard, or just uh, work up to it, like you know, an Americano or uh, what's the Negroni that is? Um, it's like Prosecco instead of gin or a something. Spritz, an Aperol Spritz. It's, it's kind of like a spritz, isn't it? Like a, sp- a, sp- a Spagliato. Yeah, Spagliato. Or? That's it. I was. You said Aperol. That was always. That would be my gateway to it. Aperol. Try it with Aperol because it's like 25% of the way there. Yeah. Yeah, much sweeter. Not as bitter, but I'd say just do it. i say order a Negroni. If you like it, drink it. If you don't like it, then order something else. I agree. That's Pass it over. Yeah. All right. Um, that almost wraps it up. My, I only have one closing thought. One, one closing question. You guys ready for it? Maybe. All right, you ready? If we were each an ingredient of the Negroni, which ingredient would we be? Can you just read from the notes? (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe Dinger was going to. I was giving him an opportunity to jump in and read from it so I could stop talking. But I can do it. Because I like it. Okay. I skip to the bottom. Because I would contend that Micah is Campari. Okay. And this is why. Because the first impression of Micah is that he can come across as kind of Bitter. strong. Oh, oh, wow! <laughs> Woe's reading, not you. <laughs> I, I uh, would never call you bitter, Micah. 
Um, it's not that neither. far off. Yeah, I know. So I think he's strong. He's got very strong opinions, as any of our listeners may have been able to tell by this point. He's also got a strong beard, always strong physique. Yep, strong <laughs> facial features, just strong all around. <laughs> so some people might be intimidated by him. I don't know. But the more time you spend with him, the more you get mm. to love him. Oh, aren't you so sweet? Yeah, you can be the garnish dick. All right. <laughs> I'll be the we don't need sweet you. vermouth. Oh, yeah? No, I don't know. I would say I'm more of the gin. Very complex. Mm. Depends on the gin. Yeah, there's a lot going on up in here. A lot of stuff makes this up. Points to his head. I've been giving a lot of stage notes on this podcast. So what does that make me, the sweet vermouth? Uh, Are we a Negroni? Bind us together? Oh my goodness, but we need a... uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we didn't all have to be separate ones, but I kind of like that maybe we're all three ingredients of a Negroni. Yeah, why not? Even when I'm the bitter one. <laughs> <laughs> but you really make the drink, Micah, so... I guess you're the star. Done. Yeah. Boom. All right. I'd say that about wraps it up. If you like us, or even if you don't, don't be a jerk. Just get on there, rate us, five stars, subscribe. Hit us up on IG at Always Parched. Uh, if you have any questions or you have a real big beef to pick with Dinger, uh, hit us up on alwaysparched@gmail.com. We're kind of on Facebook. I so, mean, it's there. It's there. I mean, you know, who, who looks at Facebook anymore? Yeah. What are you, fifty? <laughs> All right. So hit us up. But uh, with that, always a pleasure, boys. Stay parched. this in here in there i'm not gonna be 
on any more podcasts. <laughs> we are so good. Do you even listen to them when they're posted? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my there's bet to make that you wouldn't hear it anyways. Yeah, there's your outtake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ding-dongs. <laughs>